Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello, and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. I'm pronouncing my P's today, Neil. How are you? Are you going to be okay over there? I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited about today's show. I'm going to have to wipe all the spit off my face from (laughs) How COVID-friendly of us. (laughs) All right. We got quite a show for you guys today. We're going to talk losers of the week. Uh, We're going to talk what the heck is going on in Green Bay. We're going to talk Mr. Everyone's favorite NHL player right now, Tom Wilson. I can't even say the name. Tommy Dubs. Without throwing up in my mouth. We're going to talk what the heck's going on in Manchester United right now, uh, my favorite team. We're going to talk fantasy sports and um, what the heck is going on there. What the heck is going on in everywhere this week? You know? uh, we're going to talk playoff pickups of the week in uh, fantasy sports because it is the last week or second last week for a lot of player, or a lot of teams, a lot of leagues. So uh, we're going to get you through it. Yeah, big week for all you active fantasy teams out there in NHL and in NBA, and we're going to talk a lot all Absolutely. about it. Absolutely, we had an epic. Neil and I had an epic uh, matchup in uh, hockey fantasy this week, so we're gonna we're gonna get to that. But first, let's talk losers of the week. Loser. Take it away, Neil. Well, I'll start it off here. My loser of the week comes from the NBA, where you can find many losers. The NBA in general. If you say Aaron Baines right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just given. That's a given. Aaron yes. Baines. Um, no, Aaron Baines is not my loser of the week. He's my loser every week. Loser um, of the lifetime. My loser of the week is from the Detroit Pistons. His name is Josh Jackson. Josh oh, Jackson. I don't know if you saw, but the NBA... Teams in the NBA are getting more and more creative for reasons why they're sitting out their top players. And I don't know if you saw, but last night, Josh Jackson was on the injury report and missed the game due to right tooth pain. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. Like, I'm looking at it right now. He was ruled out on Tuesday because of of right (laughs) tooth pain. And now you've got to be kidding me. This is getting ridiculous. Dude, the last, the last I checked, you don't actually need your teeth to shoot or run or defend. You know, like you don't. Know. You don't need your teeth for that. Have you seen the way Dennis Rodman played? I just could not believe that. You know, like I saw that and, you know, like you could come up with anything. You could say leg cramps. You could say headaches, migraines, but right. Do you think, do you think they're doing that to like mock the league almost? Because like, that's just ridiculous. That's just like... What the heck? Like, I, mean, I know they're already eliminated from the playoffs, but you got to blame Adam Silver at this point. You know, like I think back in the day, like when the Sixers blatantly tanked, you know, the trust the process to get Embiid and Simmons. Um, he started it right. Like now, all these teams are doing the exact same thing many years later. But you know, I thought you know I'd give my coveted <laughs> award of loser to the loser of the week to none other than Tooth Pain Jackson, wow. Josh Jackson. That was, uh, I did not see that. That is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, my loser of the week um, is an organization, and that's uh, the Green Bay Packer organization. Oh. Um, because there seems to be a war happening between um, front office in the Packers organization and their star quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who is going into his 17th season. 
And no Green Bay Packer quarterback has ever played 17 seasons in a row. Did you know that? Not even Brett Favre. So oh, they trade. They got rid of him right at they like got the rid 17 of him. Yeah, year exactly. So if Aaron yeah. Rodgers plays this season for the Green Bay Packers, he will be the first Packers quarterback to play 17 seasons in a row. And that's a huge feat. And uh, we're going towards a summer, towards an offseason, where that's less and less likely to happen. Um, we, we saw that, uh, you know, the 49ers approached the Packers um, to try and get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Packers straight up, uh, apparently, according to reports, just said no right away. And that kind of upset Aaron Rodgers, the fact that they didn't even listen to that because... You know, Aaron Rodgers is a Cali boy. He, 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 that could be, you know, his, his final destination in the league. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Neil? I don't think there's any turning back for this franchise. You know, like you're, you're going to hear day in and day out, Rodgers is very unhappy. He's thinking about sitting out the season. He wants the GM's head. You know, like there's, there's so much wrong with this relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers that, I think, you know, the best course of action here is for both sides to have a split. You know, whether that means a trade or whether it means like Aaron Rodgers sitting out a season. I think, you know, like this was inevitable the day that the Packers drafted Jordan Love. Yeah. You know, the day they did that, they sealed their fate Last with Aaron Rodgers. They basically, they tried doing what they did many years when they drafted Aaron Rodgers to, you know, the Arab to be the heir apparent to Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. They tried doing that with Jordan Love, but they did it too soon. You know, like they did it too blatantly um, disrespectfully to Aaron Rodgers. In a in a year that they needed offense and they needed to get Aaron Rodgers some support, to get like some wide receivers or running backs, they went out and they drafted a back. They, they traded up into the first round to draft a quarterback. Yeah. You that's know, and that's just a like slap. They, they they went after that was their game plan was to go after a quarterback. Just a slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers, especially when he still has guaranteed years and and term on his contract. You know, I think, you know, I have no idea what the Packers thought was going to happen when they drafted Jordan Love. You know, because, you know, Rodgers has been irate. It's been bonies had to pick throughout yeah. the years. Um, this past off or sorry, this past postseason with Green Bay potentially going to the semifinals the the you know and them kicking that field goal when they could have thrown the ball yeah do you remember you know? that uh that post game interview with Aaron Rodgers you know he he questioned Matt LaFleur right then and there yeah and you know those two have had a great relationship but now that has been Aaron Rodgers has the personality of like hey you fool me once or you cross me once that's it you're dead to me you know, he did that to his family. He's doing that to the <laughs> Green Bay true. Packers. That's very true, yeah. He's doing that to everyone in his life. You know, he probably, you know, I, I don't know. I have no idea why this guy is the way he is, but I don't think there's any returning for Aaron Rodgers. He, he, he's larger than life. He does have a super hot fiance now. So, I mean, like, Shailene Woodley, Fault in Our Stars, tear my heart out. Yeah, for now. But once she crosses him <laughs> once, <laughs> she crosses see you him. later, bud. Kick rocks. <laughs> yeah, see you later. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting this offseason. Uh, which direction the Packers organization wants to go? Do they want to go and, you know, uh, convince Aaron Rodgers to stay by, you know, maybe giving him more offensive weapons, maybe uh, tightening up the offensive line? 
I don't know. I, I think they're going to try. I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a franchise quarterback. Like, there's no question whatsoever about that. And the you know you can't just let him walk away. You can't just trade him away. Obviously, he's he's locked up. He's under contract, but he you can't trade him away. That I don't think if the Packers organization wants to stay successful, you know you can't you can't do that to your quarterback. I think the only thing that would appease Aaron Rodgers at this point is if they traded Jordan Love. You know, if they traded Jordan Love and then and then you know threw some more money at Rodgers and re-signed him for a longer term, so I like, feel like that that might help mend. I think like if the Packers did what the Patriots did with Jimmy Garoppolo a few years ago when they had Jimmy Garoppolo coming up on the heels of Tom Brady, mm-hmm. I feel like that might send a message to Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, like we're still committed to you. We still want you to be our guy. Here's here's how we're going to do that. We're going to get rid of your you know backup that we drafted to replace you, and we're going to commit to you. I know it might be a little too late for that right now, but I feel like that's the only way that – the, the, this franchise can salvage your relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like this is uh, this is. Have you seen the movie? You've seen the movie Draft Day. Yeah. With Kevin Costner, and mm-hmm. he he makes his quarterback angry, uh, and his quarterback, you know, goes into his office and starts throwing throwing things around because word gets out that he he's drafting a quarterback in the first round. Um, yeah, no, that, that might be, I, I wonder if there was a conversation between the organization front office and Aaron Rodgers before making that decision to draft Lord Jordan love. Uh, it sounds like there isn't, there wasn't a conversation because of the, you know, what, uh, what Aaron Rodgers has said in interviews since then. Um, it sounds like there wasn't that conversation. So there's, there's been a bit of a disconnect since that. And, you know, with this uh, postseason ending the way so many postseasons have for the Packers, I think this is, you know, this offseason, this was almost bound to happen. Yeah. So. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, if he decides to sit out this season, he's going to give up a lot of money. If oh, he misses training camp, he's going to get fined $50,000 a day. You know, I he's going to surrender a whole lot of money this year in base salary and in bonuses. Like, I... I don't know. My my real question to you is in the event that he does sit out this season, is Jordan Love even ready to be a QB1? I mean, I don't think that's the question. I think the question is how is he going to do? Because the question isn't is he going to be ready because he has to be ready if Aaron Rodgers sits out this season. You know, like how good is he going to be? I don't even think that the Packers know that question. Know the answer to that question. No, that's the thing. But um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be an interesting off season for this for this organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, should we move on, Neil? Let's let's uh, talk <laughs> let's talk uh, hockey here, and in particular, let's talk about the event that happened between the Rangers and Capitals two yeah. nights ago. Yeah, so let's um let let's start with the event. Yeah, so basically, Tom Wilson, you know, everyone's everyone loves to hate him. There's a game between the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers two nights ago. And there was an incident where the puck was loose in front of, I believe Vanacek was in that um, for, for the Capitals. And Buchnevich was there, Panarin was there, and Buchnevich tried to, you know, our favorite player, Buchnevich. Pavel Buchnevich. <laughs> tried to, you know, look for that loose puck. And Tom Wilson just wasn't having that. And so Buchnevich fell to the ground. Tom Wilson got on top of him, on top of his head, his head, Neil, while Buchnevich was face down on the ground and started punching him. 
while he was face down on the ground, started punching him. And then, you know, uh, you know, a, a riot ensued, a line brawl ensued where everyone just came and Panarin especially just jumped on Tom Wilson. Like most hockey players should do. If you see someone on top of the head of one of your players and punching them, you want to stop that from happening as soon as possible. So he jumped on Tom Wilson. And then Tom Wilson obviously outweighs Panarin by probably 100 pounds. Like let's let's not kid ourselves here. And so... Tom Wilson basically got the helmet off of Panarin and started whipping him around and threw him headfirst onto the ice. And then once he was down, continued to punch him and then basically picked him up and body slammed him again. Um, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty wild video if, if you have the time. If you, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go watch it. But So basically Tom Wilson was, um, you know, everyone thought a suspension was coming to Tom Wilson. That's That's just like, you know... It needed to happen. He's been he's been a repeat offender so many times. Eventually, you have to you know. This is a you know NHL player safety is trying to you know state that oh we're we're in the interest of the the player safety because that's literally what they're there for. And, you know, hits to the head. You know, when players don't have the helmet on, that's that's you know all bets are off. You should be suspended. And then Tom Wilson was only fined five thousand dollars, and that's it. No suspension, no nothing, and he's he's free to do whatever he wants. He just has to shell out a minor five thousand dollars and then move on with his life. So, um, but Neil, you have an interesting take on this because I, I brought this up to you and you said that basically you like Tom Wilson, and at that point I was just like, all right, we're saving this for the if, podcast. Yeah. I mean, before we get into Tom Wilson, I just want to talk a little bit about the response from the New York Rangers after that, after the outcome of what the NHL player safety department um, ended up ruling. Yeah. Um, Did you see what publicly the New York Rangers came out and said? I did. I actually have it in front of me. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead and read it. Uh, Okay. So this is a statement from the official New York Rangers page. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Bam. (laughs) That is huge. Especially from a franchise who usually, you know, isn't so outspoken about decisions like this. The Rangers are very quiet and they deal with things internally. This franchise just came out and said, yo, fucking fire this man. Fire George Peros. George Peros is a former enforcer in the NHL. That's what I was going to talk about, yes. You know, he, back in the day, had the huge mustache, and he would always, he would probably play like four minutes a game and have like, you know, 15 to 20 penalty minutes with a misconduct each game he plays, right? Like, that's George Peros. For you to go out publicly and say, hey, we don't think this guy's fit for the job, fire this guy, they're going to get fined and they're basically doing this. They're sending a message to their own team saying, Hey, we're going to do what we can to protect you guys. 
we're going to get fined for this. And we know we're going to get fined for saying this, but we're going to do it anyways. We're going to spend some money here to cover you guys. Yeah. And so as, I, as I a, applaud that by the Rangers. 100%. 100%. As a player for the New York Rangers, you got to look at that from your organization and just think, holy shit. Like, this is the team I'm playing for. This is this is amazing that they have our back like this. But, you know, I respect the decision from the NHL. You know, the NHL... From the NHL player safety? Yeah, the NHL You respect at that this. decision. They took 12 hours to come to this decision. And on top of that, they knew that the two teams would play the very next game... I mean, if they wanted, they could have suspended. If they wanted to suspend him, why not take? If they wanted to suspend him, oh my god, they could have suspended him. That's that's all I'm saying. You know, they reviewed. Of course, they could have suspended him. And I believe that they they didn't. I believe they didn't suspend him because he wasn't an instigator. You don't think Tom Wilson is an instigator? Panarin went after Tom. You don't think Tom Wilson is an instigator? I don't. Not in this scenario. You're saying it right now that you don't think Tom Wilson. Okay. I looked at it. I looked at the footage. You don't and yeah, think he Tom did. Wilson okay, was he was starting that fight. He was wrong. He got he got fined for punching Bushnevich in yeah, the back of the head. He only got fined five thousand dollars. He got fined for that. However, they didn't even talk about the Panarin incident because Panarin initially went after Tom Wilson. It's not Tom Wilson's to fault. To stop him from pounding the head of Bushnevich. Hear me out. It's not Tom Wilson's fault that the New York Rangers have a bunch of pussies on their oh team. Oh my! They have no one that can stand up to Tom Wilson. It's not his fault he's so big and strong and literally the Rangers have zero enforcers on their team. Sean Avery needs to come back to the point retirement. To the point where Panarin has to go and defend Ryan Strom and Bushnevich to Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson's playing well this year. You know, he has actually offensive talent as well. He's not just an enforcer. Yeah, I'm not I'm not taking that away from him. I'm, I'm you know, he was drafted I think sixteenth overall in the first round. So he's you know, he had promised going into the NHL and he's he's proved to be he's a top player you know, a for the player. Capitals, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I do think he's a piece of shit though. Mm-hmm. And I do think, you know, he, he doesn't have a, a line of respect in this league. Um, and that's why, you know, we've seen the Ryan Reeves versus Tom Wilson fights. You know, Ryan Reeves has has come out and said that Tom Wilson is a piece of shit. And you know, he he's gonna go after him and he's gonna play dirty with him because he's seen this happen so many times in the league. Because Tom Wilson is is an instigator. He was literally on top of the head of Vucinavich. If a player is down, especially face down on the ice, you stop. You don't continue to punch them. Like, he was on top of his head. That's why Panarin jumped in there. Panarin is not the instigator here. Panarin jumped in to save... You know, he could have snapped Vucinavich's neck. Like, he was literally on top of him. He was putting his weight on his neck. Like, Panarin saw that and thought... This is my player, and he could potentially die here. Like, remember what happened with Tarb Dertuzzi? Punching Steve Moore in the back of the neck, and, you know, everyone falling on top of him. But that's, you know, that's the same reaction. You see, and Tarb Bertuzzi is also a piece of shit, don't get me wrong. But Tarb Bertuzzi jumped, after he punched Steve Moore in the back of the neck, he jumped on him. And so all these players jumped on Tarb Bertuzzi. So none of those players that jumped on Tarb Bertuzzi were the instigator. Tarb Bertuzzi was the instigator. Why is Tom Wilson not getting the same suspensions that Todd Bertuzzi got? If Buchnevich actually got injured from this, like Steve Moore did, you know, it, it, do we have to get to that level of, of injury before we, we see Tom Wilson as a repeat offender and we, we you know, actually suspend him? I mean, like, you could, you could look at this play over and over again, but the fact of the matter is the NHL had 12 hours to review this 
every angle of it. Review the schedule. Review the player history. NHL is not going to suspend you on, you know, like what what you could do in the future. They could suspend him for the rest of his career. They're not going to do that because it doesn't make sense. Look at players like Lucic or Marshawn who have history of being a pest and have history of being an agitator and an instigator, right? Do you still have respect for those players? No. You should. I don't. They're top players in the league, right? I don't have... I, I understand that they're, they're top players. In, I do they're not integral to their teams, as is Tom Wilson to the Capitals. It's not Tom Wilson's fault that he's being enabled to, to behave this way, you know? And, and I'm not saying punching a guy in the back of the head while he's down is right, but Tom Wilson stood up for himself after he did that, after he had guys rush him and slamming Panarin down <laughs> to the ice. He didn't get suspended for that because he was in self-defense mode. Yeah, but Panarin didn't have a helmet on, and you're slamming him down on the ice head first, and then you pick him up and do it again. Panarin shouldn't have went after him without a helmet on. Panarin went after him while his helmet was still on, but his helmet came off in the fight, in the you know the pileup of players. The, the NHL player safety is is a yeah. joke. It's it's such a joke. When you talk about George Peros, uh, he was an enforcer. He was actually I did some research on him this past week. Because I know he was a, a piece of shit, but I, I wanted to figure out why he was a piece of shit. So he was part of an organization called um, Violent Gentlemen before he was, you know, has his role, had his role with uh, NHL player safety. And they sold hats um, with, like, Make America Great Again hats. They sold them that said, Make Ho- Hockey Violent Again. So this is the person we have in charge of NHL player safety. He does not want to suspend anyone he does not want to stir the pot so that players won't do this in the future he thinks this is good for the sport and to an extent i agree that fighting is good for the sport i think that players should be allowed to to fight to a certain extent if a player is down face down on the ground do not continue to punch him that is suspendable on any day of the week what would you have uh you know like if you had a chance to be George Paris here what would you do in this situation what would you suspend him for because i know you would suspend him 100% i would suspend what him. would you do what would be the um the verdict here for you i mean the nhl and, and many leagues um in north america specifically talk about you know the the dangers of concussions and the dangers of you know um hits to the head this is what this was he slammed Panarin face down on the ground. He was on top of Buchnevich's head and punching him. If you're, if you're George Peros in this situation, you suspend him for hits to the head. I, I don't know, you know what technical term you have to come up with, but he put a player's life in jeopardy. He was literally on top of his neck. Like, come on. And New York Rangers... You know, they're, they're not historically an organization that, that takes a stand. You know, they, I mean, like, during um, everything that was happening with George Floyd last summer, they, they stayed quiet. They didn't say anything. And uh, when Tony D'Angelo was on the team, I know eventually it came to a point where they, you know, had to get rid of him because he was causing, um, you know, toxicity in the, in the dressing room. But they're, they're not an organization that, that tends to speak up. And the fact that they're speaking up now... I think it's it's huge. So what would you suspend him for? Uh, putting a player's... No, how long? Oh, how long? How long would ten you games. suspend him? For 10 games? At least. At least 10 games. I think 10 games is a little conservative. I think that's even a little soft. 
I think you suspended him the first round of the playoffs. I would, if I was that department, I would have done at least a game. And the reason is, what's going to happen now? You're going to watch the game tonight. This is going to be probably the most, you know, like hyped up game this is of the, most, the year. This is going to be the most watched game of the season. Most watched game of the season. 100%. And like, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen now because there is no suspension handed down for one game at least. There is no one on that fucking team that can handle Tom Wilson. That's the thing. I was but looking, there I was is actually... many players on the team that could take out a guy like Backstrom or John Carlson. You know, they could they could snap a guy's neck like that. I hope it doesn't come to that. It I, will come to that. I know it probably will um, because... No one's going to go after Tom Wilson because no one can fight that guy one-on-one. Not on that fucking small That's Russian-filled team that the, the Rangers field. I was literally looking at the roster and I was like, please let me find a guy that can take on Tom Wilson. And I can't... I couldn't find one. But, you know, the I think the players basically have a green light now. Um, you know, with their organization coming out and, and making this, you know, blatant statement to the NHL and player safety, the, the players basically have a green light to go out there and do whatever they want because they know that their organization is behind them. So, yeah, I, I do they think... They also know they're not going to get suspended. They also... Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, if they so. do get suspended, then that's a whole other thing. That if they get suspended for whatever they do tonight when the Capitals take on the Rangers... Yeah. what That's going to start off a whole new argument as, right, to, as to why Tom Wilson didn't get suspended. What's your over-under for total penalty minutes in this game tonight? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say over... You know, let's set it at 100. You know, nice That's the over-under? Over-under. I say over. Over 100 penalty minutes I'd in this game. I'd say over, 100%. Because you're going to have misconducts, 100%. There's going to be 10-minute 10, 10 misconducts um, for multiple players. 100 penalty minutes. You're saying over. I'm saying That's over. crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, I hope it doesn't come to the fact that they have to go after a player like, you know, like Backstrom or... Kuznetsov's actually out right now. He's I think he's in uh, COVID um, protocol right now. So he's not, he's not there. Um, but I hope they don't go after you know a, a player that was not involved. Because Nesov is out because he sucks. You know, he's, <laughs> let's not sugarcoat it. <laughs> I, okay, fine. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'll agree with you on that one. That that organization's so fed up with him. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, All right, it, it's it's going to be an interesting game tonight. Let's move on to another you know interesting turn of events that happened this week uh, in Manchester, England. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's talk about. Manchester United and yeah, what yeah. happened in that game against Liverpool. So Manchester United this past Sunday was supposed to play Liverpool at 11:30. So I, much like uh, a lot of Manchester United fans, where it was you know up early on Sunday, excited for the game, um, and then you know we all got the notification that the game was going to be postponed, and we were like, okay, fine. You know, there's probably like something something wrong with the pitch or something like that. You know, they're going to fix it. And then we got more word that you know there were protests outside that were that were uh, delaying the game and then we found out that the protesters actually made it into old trafford where manchester united plays not only did they get in but they made their way to the pitch and continued their protest on the pitch and uh, it got to a point where security and police could not get them out they were overrun basically and so they had to postpone the game indefinitely and they had to cancel the game for that day so we don't know when that game is going to be played but the reason why these protesters are so irate is partially because what we talked about recently with the European Super League. Um, they're upset with ownership. So the Glazers 
are, are the family that owns Manchester United currently. And it all stems from the debt that they brought into Manchester United. So when they bought Manchester United, they didn't use their own money. They used hedge funds. They used loans. So they put themselves in a lot of debt when they bought Manchester United. And they didn't take on that debt. They put that debt onto the bank account of Manchester United. And so a lot of the financial decisions, you know, in every offseason, you know, uh, going forward from that was was dependent on how much debt they can, you know, get rid of. And so the Glazers and, you know, Ed Woodward, who's um, front office, it, it, they're not football fans. They, they bought this club because it was a, a cash cow. They did not buy this club because they were lifelong Manchester United fans. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And so the reason why Manchester United was not signing these big players for the longest time when, you know, historically they were the team that would go out and get these players. The reason why they weren't going out and getting these players after the Glazers stepped on was because they didn't want to use the money. They wanted to use the revenue and, you know, the money that they were making to pay off their own debt. And so Manchester United has been spiraling downwards for quite a long time. And it's due in part to the, the Glazers family and their ownership. And so Manchester United fans, including myself, are are fed up with this. And so they decided to, you know, the European Super League, I think them wanting to join that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And they, they charged the stadium. And I personally, I will say now on the Shoot Your Thought podcast that I am behind the protest. I am 100% backing them strumming the pitch and, you know, demanding change. Uh, you know, did you know that the Glazers also own an NFL franchise? They own a lot. Yeah, they own a lot. They, they are, own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They, um, they're, they're businessmen. They're not, they're not sports fans. They refuse to apologize about, you know, trying to form the Super League in Europe. You know, they, they, they refuse to own up to, you know, the, the mistakes they made. They refuse to accept that it was a mistake. You know, I mean, like they it, did. They did release a statement on mm-hmm. that. They did, you know, kind of hint at an apology. It wasn't yeah. necessarily an apology, like you said. Um, but they did make a statement. But it was again. It was. I'm all for peaceful protest. Protest, and the key word there is peaceful. You, I mean, you can't, you can't be going around throwing fireworks and throwing rocks and and you know like like a lot of these people are going to get injured. Could you imagine if we had this similar protest? For the Maple Leafs, trading Austin Matthews, if they were to do that right now, I mean, there would be a protest like this if they there, traded Austin. I don't Matthews, think there but... would be this extent of a protest. I mean, this has been deep seated for a long. Oh time, yeah, man. like soccer hooligans are a next level. Yeah, hundred you know? like percent. It's it's a full on religion for them. You yeah, know? I mean, like Gary Neville, who is a former player and is a, a hardcore supporter of mm-hmm. of Manchester United, was at the stadium. Uh, there's a video of him. Um, fist bumping the protesters at the stadium like he was and he's come out and said that he you know he's behind like he supports the protesters I, I like I said um, or like you said rather I, I don't think that um, they, they should be breaking things I think that they should be I support them going onto the pitch and you know holding up their signs and you know making their chance I don't think they should be causing damage to you know the stadium yeah, I, I just, I'm behind the protests. I don't think they should be violent protests. Agreed. Yeah. 
So um, it, it, it's going to be interesting with with home games going forward. Um, I, I don't I don't think this is going to I don't think this is a one time thing. I think this is them making a statement, but they're going to be back next home game until we see like some change or like some statement from the Glazers, right? Until the Glazers step down, yeah. until they sell the club, mm-hmm. and they've, you know, word is that they've they've put out a price tag of basically a billion dollars for for Manchester United. And you know, I might just start a GoFundMe page, and we'll we'll see if we can we can reach a billion dollars by the end of the season and buy the team and buy the team. Yeah, I'm with you. So what what the, um, the Bundesliga does in Germany? They have what's called um, fan majority. So basically, the fans have fifty plus one percent of all decisions that are made by the club. Um, and this is this is a big reason why why none of the teams in the Bundesliga join the Super League was because the players vote on decisions made by the club, big decisions made by the club. And I think that's that's a, a strategy that more um, leagues in Europe should adopt mm-hmm. because it, it would you know, stop these money-hungry owners from doing whatever they want business-wise with the clubs and taking away from the, from the love and you know, purity of the sport. Um, but I, I think that's, that's a, a strategy that should, yes, be adopted by more countries. Shall we move on? I know you want to talk about the next uh, subject here, so I'm gonna <laughs> let you let you start it off. You know, let you gloat for a little while here. Oh, 100. Uh, so Neil and I had an epic, epic. I'm saying epic in all capitals. E P I C. Period. We had an epic showdown this past week in NHL fantasy, where um, it was back and forth the whole week, and after Saturday, it looked like Neil had the win. Which he was up by like what 40, 40 points, forty five something points on me, and I only had two players left playing, and those players were Jonathan Bernier and Blake Coleman. So I, I, I was like, all right, I'm I'm gonna watch this game because this might be the the last meaningful uh, fantasy game for me. So I watched the game, and the first goal was scored on Bernier pretty early, but that goal was scored by Blake Coleman, and so I was like, oh, okay. This is good. I'm getting points for this. And then the second goal was scored on Bernier in the first period. Or, yeah, in the first period. And that was assisted by Blake Coleman. So I did lose some points, but I also gained some points. And by the end of the game, Jonathan Bernier, the former backup of the Toronto Maple Leafs, stood on his head and got almost 20 fantasy points, even though he didn't get the win. Blake Coleman had an amazing game. And those two players... Won me the week against Neil. Are you done? (laughs) I mean, probably not, but go ahead. Are you done? All right. Here's my bone to pick. Go for it. In what world does Jonathan Bernier get 20 fantasy points for giving up two goals? Can you see how many saves he had, though? That's what I'm getting at. Okay. In what world do you get pretty much a point per save? In a hockey fantasy league, not many, right? It's uh, my bone to pick is Jonathan fucking Bernier can get fucked. You know, like he <laughs> is the reason you won. Let's 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 not you 100%. know like cut corners here. Hundred percent. I had he's the reason you won, and like Hellebuck on my team, and he shit the bed the entire week. He got me negative seven fantasy points in the first game. But saves in my league are I'm the commissioner of this league, and saves are 
you know, the norm. Save for, uh, I think it's 0. 0.6 points you get per save and minus five for every goal against. So we had two goals against, and then he stood on his head for the rest of the game. Hey, he played well, you know, like the, I, you know, there's a lot of things to point the fingers at here. And, you know, the fact of the matter is you had the better team coming into this week. You were the first place team most of the season. Um, you had a bad week, you know, and, and you made a few pickups for that last, the only game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wanted you to pick up Jonathan Bernier because I knew he would, he's been terrible all season and he's Jonathan Bernier. He fucking sucks. And of course he, he made 44 saves or something like that that something day like that, and yeah. won you the game, won you the, the, uh, the week, the week by a couple yeah. points. But Hey, you know, like that's the way fancy hockey goes. That's the way fancy sports go. Yeah. And now I'm in the I'm in the final right now, and I have a healthy. Did you see the the point total in my week this week? So no, far? I deleted that. Uh, <laughs> deleted that app. Uh, <laughs> I have a healthy hundred point lead right now. Nice. Is yeah. Jonathan Bernie your starting goalie? <laughs> um, I think I got rid of him the next day. There you go. Uh, you know, use and abuse. After all he did for you, <laughs> I picked you know, him up for the day. I told not him not even going to pay homage to the guy for winning your week. You know, you just hey, what do you get for this? See you later, pal. You know what? I might pick him up at the end of this week so that he can be on my team lifting the cup with me. I think I think that's what I'm going to do. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think you need to get his name tattooed on your arm or something. I think I have to now. Him and Blake Coleman. I think I, I think that's a good idea. I just want to quickly talk about um, this fan, this particular NBA fantasy season and how different it is than other fantasy seasons. I, yeah, you know, like we've talked about about it on the show in the past, where it's a little difficult this season with all the the DNPs and the the rest and load management and toothaches and toothaches. you know all of the I'll never all, get over that all of the injuries, COVID, you know all of the things, all of the obstacles that we've had to overcome as fantasy general managers and fantasy managers in this in this league. It just this season in particular, we knew coming in it would be difficult. We didn't realize towards the end of the season when it counted the most that we wouldn't have any stars playing. You know, you're see, you're seeing guys rest on back to backs. The reason is this season is just so condensed, and real life teams don't give a shit about fantasy. You know, all they care That's about is hey, we're in a playoff spot. We need our players to be good and ready for when it matters the most, which is playoffs. You know, so I see you know all the chatter on forums on. Like within the leagues I'm in, about like, oh my god, I can't believe this guy's resting again. But the fact of the matter is, this season will have an asterisk beside it because it's condensed, because it's during a pandemic. You know, like you got to be savvy enough to go out and get guys that are playing. You know, like I, in my hockey league, I just dropped Barkov because he only has two games this week, right? That's the strategy you should have. If you see a guy's been, you know, resting on back to backs like Jeremy Grant. Get rid of them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like a semifinals or a finals for you right now. You know, you need to be savvy enough to let go of potential stars and pick up guys that like Fred Jackson on Detroit who don't really matter, right? Who are getting minutes. Guys who are getting minutes are the guys you need to play. Guys who are playing back-to-backs are the guys you need to play. Yeah, 100%. It, it's a weird year strategy-wise for fantasy because, yeah, yeah, you definitely have to look at what team your stars are playing for because are they a playoff team that's trying to make a push or they are or are they a team that's you know trying to tank and is resting like i have a lot of raptors on my team in uh, nba and 
they're being set. Like Fred Van Vliet is being set. Siakam are being set in games that they shouldn't be set. And that's just the nature of this year. Um, I know you and I both suffered this past week from bowing out of our uh, respective leagues Mm -hmm. in NBA. So um, it's frustrating for sure, but, you know, there is an asterisk on this season in real life and in fantasy-wise. So remember that. Use that when uh, the next time the, the person brags about winning. You can you can make that conversation. I mean, like not in our conversation because I beat you fair and square, but um, you know, in other conversations. Fucking Jonathan Bernie, telling <laughs> you. Let's move on to fantasy pickup playoff edition. Playoff fantasy edition pickups of the week. Yeah, we are in um, finals edition. Finals or semifinals. Much. You're you're more than likely in the finals this week. Um, and you're listening to us because we've helped you along this far, and we're going to get you through the final push. So, Neil, do you want to start us off? Yeah, you want to start with hockey or basketball first? Uh, let's start with basketball. My basketball pickup of the week, you know, a guy that's going off uh, as of the last week. You know, he just returned from his COVID absence. His name's Kevin Porter Jr. Uh-huh. Uh, the Houston Rockets suck. I mean, like, let's not... You're not wrong. Let's not forget about it. The Houston Rockets are not trying to win games. They're focusing on their youth movements. You know, like, they made significant trades this year dealing uh james harden then dealing the piece that they got for james harden oladipo, away yeah. oladipo now sitting uh, john wall for the rest of the season sitting exactly they're they're sitting out john wall um for the rest of the season who they got in a trade for what russell westbrook right so the one savvy move that the houston rockets made this year was acquiring kevin porter jr who fell out of favor in cleveland mm-hmm. they basically and, dropped him from cleveland because he I, th- I think the story was that he, he came into the locker room and he was moved, like his, his spot was moved he and was he, pissed, threw, yeah. he threw a tantrum. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a guy that needs some time to mature. Uh, the Houston Rockets sent him to the G League or the D League, whatever shit league there is going on in the minor <laughs> leagues. Um, they sent him there to, you know, play a few games and, and, you know, try and get his head straight. And as soon as he came back up, he started playing. This is a guy who, on April 29th, a few days ago, against Milwaukee, nine three-pointers, 50 points, five rebounds, and 11 assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had him on my team. He dropped a 50-bomb yeah. on Milwaukee, who is a great defensive team. And, I mean, if he's... I'm looking at it right now. He's available still in 26% of leagues. Mm-hmm. Just double-check that your league... He's still available. I don't know if he, he will be, but if you can get your hands on this guy, get him. He yeah. will likely help you win a championship. I Yeah, I have to agree. He's a little... Like, I've had him for... I picked him up pretty early. Uh, he's a little streaky, but I definitely think down the stretch, they want to see what they have with Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, my NBA pickup is someone on a team that is tanking, and that is Mr. Diallo. And he's... Uh, that's uh, getting it going from what I'm what I've been saying about Kevin Porter Jr. Um, he the Detroit Pistons they 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 know that they're they're going to have one of the top picks in this mm-hmm. draft, and they want to see what they have with their youth movement right now. And so they're giving Diallo these minutes. They're seeing what he can do out there because he is a young player, and they have a lot of young players, and they're going to try a few different rotations. But I think Diallo is going to be one of the ones that stays on the court for most of the t- most of the time. And he is a player that can put up numbers for you. So even though he is on a team that is tanking, I think it's worth rostering him. And he's he's widely available in a lot of Yahoo leagues. So uh, what about NHL, Neil? 
My NHL pickup of the week comes from the New York Islanders. It's a very streaky player. Goes by the name of Anthony Beauvillier. Oh, okay. Um, the Frenchman. The Frenchman. All right. He uh, has been very streaky this year. You know, he's had really, really good hot streaks where he scores, scores tons of goals. And he's really cold streaks where he can't score at all. Can't even shoot the puck at the net. Uh, this guy, over his last few, over the last two weeks almost, he has been lighting it up. You know, and he had a nice goal last night. He had two goals two nights ago. If you can get your hands on this guy, he's still got a few games remaining this week. He will help you win your championship. Yeah, and his name is super fun to say. So Bovillier. Uh, my pickup of the week saved my ass on Sunday. I'm not talking about Jonathan Bernier because Jonathan he's, I don't think he's going to play another game this week um, unless there's a back-to-back, which I don't think there is. Um, I think it's Blake Coleman. That is my pickup for the week. Um, the, the, the Lightning have a lot of players that are on their way back. They know they're in the playoffs. They know, you know, that is the timetable for, you know, your Kucherovs, your Stamkos. Um, we, we know we're getting those players back for them come the playoff time. But right now, they have a lot of space that needs to be filled. And I think Blake Coleman is a good player to have to fill those spaces. He's a player that can put up points on any given night. Um, we saw that on Sunday where he had a goal and an assist and some other offensive stats. So I think Blake Coleman is a solid pickup. Uh, Tampa Bay has some games this week, so I definitely think uh, Blake Coleman will help you win. Nice. All right. Uh, good luck to you all. We will talk a little bit more about... Uh, we will requ- require a percentage of your winnings for sure. Definitely. Send it to Neil <laughs> at... <laughs> Alrighty, uh, so that is it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we hope you enjoyed our banter this week. Yeah, have a good week, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 